It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. This is the first show. Hopefully it will not sound like a first show. I'm Lee and Todd. You know us from Nikki X Happy Hour, but we also live in Vol Country. And, uh, you know, just to get a, a little bit of background um, before everybody uh, hears us and thinks they've never been in Knoxville, Tennessee, I, I will say that uh, I grew up uh, with a season ticket holding uh, father and went to Tennessee football games uh, throughout my young life. Um, in, including uh, the championship season, or sorry, the SEC championship season that ended up being the team that beat Miami in, in the bowl game. We all remember that. Totally blew out Miami 35-7. to um, That was the year that Tony Robinson got hurt, of course, and uh, Dickey came in and actually had to replace him, and they tied Georgia Tech in a six-hall that uh, they had to come from behind. Everybody thought the season was lost, and they didn't, so it was a team, a team-proud team uh, proud to be a follower of, I guess, for lack of a better um, term. But also, we watched uh, we watched the Johnny Majors era come and go. Um, my wife uh, got her MBA from UT uh, as an MBA student at that time. We again, season ticket holders got them free because she was a student at the University of Tennessee. Uh, basketball. We used to go to basketball games in the 70s. I remember when uh, Tennessee without Reggie Johnson. Um, who was their by far best player, played a Kentucky team that had Sam Bowie and Melvin Turpin on the team. And without Reggie Johnson, Tennessee won by a point when Bowie missed a shot at the very end of the game. That was when they played at Stokely instead of Thompson Bowling. So, uh, you know, I don't go as far back when they used to play where the volleyball games were now held in, the, in that little square building uh, on Neyland. But, um, but yeah, so so I come by it honestly. And Todd, I, I like the way you establish your your vol. My credentials, Fred. yes, yeah. with the, with the sugar vols and, and going all the way back. Personally, I have eaten at a a, a Menchie's on campus, so that's my involvement. That's with the that's totally not true. Your season ticket <laughs> season ticket I, I holder held, is the Lady Vols. Yes, I have held. I do not now, but I have the held, Lady Vols basketball team. I have held season tickets for the Lady Vols basketball team, and I uh, do not hold the season tickets at this point just because I didn't think I would have that much time to go, and I really haven't had that much time to go. You gave However, up on the team, didn't you? I still follow them, and I have not given up on the team despite You're like, without Pat? Hateful, hateful, 
hateful speech, sir. <laughs> Hate. Don't be hating. Well, you know, this is this is a show we hope to have. Uh, this, like I said, this is a pilot show, so we're hoping to uh, it'll expand every two um, days. This is a short thirty-minute show, so we can get everybody um, able to be off and watch the uh, college football championship game between Oregon, which I said Oregon State and Florida today accidentally, which was great. Um, Oregon and Ohio State. <laughs> I have no idea why I even went with Florida. Oregon. But, uh, Oregon. It, you know, that's uh, a lot of pregames are already on, but the main one that starts at 8, we're definitely going to be done at 8, so people can tune over for that if you're actually listening to us. We appreciate it. Uh, National Gridiron Network will rerun this. You can also find replays of this at Happy Hour Network. We're appreciative to both those things. And, you know, CEO Ted Hicks putting up with us, allowing us to do this show. He lives in New York, doesn't care about college football. Poo-poos it, actually. He doesn't even care about us, actually. Yeah. it's They're so insular up there that their NFL football coaches, when they lose their job or they get fired or they quit, they stay in-state. They don't even go out of the state now. Yeah, I've noticed that. That's, so. yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, it's like it's, it's its own little world. I believe Rick Tryon said, I'm going west. And uh, he went uh, went to Buffalo. Slightly <laughs> west. <laughs> northwest. He went to, yeah, he went north to the by northwest. northwest. He went to the northwest territory. That's right. Of New York. Anyway, let's... Very limited time, so let us focus. That's my bad. Um, let's talk a little bit about balls basketball, because one thing we are definitely going to do on this show is not just focus on football and men's basketball and women's basketball, the big three sports at UT. We will talk all sports. Um, I said football, men's, and women's basketball. It's three sports. Oh, You're looking thing. at me. That is No, no, no. I'm just enumerating them on my hand because I can't do it in my head. We'll talk tennis. We'll talk baseball. We'll talk swimming, you know, uh, during the seasons that they, uh, for them as they come up. You know, we won't limit ourselves. This is about vol sports, and hopefully we'll get uh, to see a few of those vol sports coming up this season, especially with baseball. But let's start with uh, basketball. Uh, the men's team now 9-5. and five. Uh, Honestly, a pitiful loss uh, to Alabama. Losing, uh, scoring two points in the last 13 minutes of the game. I mean, they're they're that's, the kind of team that's, that's going to, yeah, they're the kind of team that actually went 12 minutes against Mississippi State without scoring. So now they're, you know, they're doing a little worse than they did against Mississippi State. The difference is Mississippi State's not very good. They were able to pull that out. Alabama's actually a decent team. They lost that that game. They actually were up and then ended up losing by 18. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those teams where it's guard oriented. They have a, a very young guy, uh, Willie Carmichael, six seven, basically is the center of the team. Um, their big guys are hurt out for some of the season. Um, you know, it was a team that a lot of people they they were predicted to finish thirteenth in the conference. Right. They probably have a better record than a lot of people thought they were going to. I Donnie Tyndall definitely they've overachieved so far. Yeah, Donnie Tyndall definitely doing a good job of coaching that team. Uh, the men's basketball team, though, you know, you don't aren't sure how it's going to go because we don't know the uh, the issue with Donnie Tindall. We don't know what's going to happen with that. The infractions happened at Southern Miss, as far as you know, off campus players living off campus who weren't actually players at the time, and we don't know that much about it um, because you know the the NCAA is not going to say, hey, this is what happened because it's an investigation. They're not really going to talk about it. But Donnie Tindall is a good coach. It's a matter of getting players in. You know, Josh Richardson is a good player. Uh, beyond that, they have players who step up every once in a while. What's this team going to have to do to to finish near 500 in the SEC, if that's even possible in your opinion? They're just going to have to continue playing the way they are, which is just 
hustling, constantly hustling and giving their best effort. And and I'm not being sarcastic, although typically I am. I mean, yeah, you're not going to win many games if you go scoreless for 12 minutes and 13-minute stretches. That's not going to happen with them again. I've gone scoreless for years. <laughs> need a cricket effect. There's dead air. <laughs> you need a cricket effect there. I, they don't, it won't happen again. Yeah, they, they lack scoring. They do. I mean, Josh is the only guy who can who can throw it up there, and it's it's pretty easy to defend a team when they have one reliable scorer. Yeah, I mean, Balkman has, has scored in a game. Punter has scored in a couple of games where, you know, you, you give them 18, 20 points. But as you pointed out consistently, Josh Richardson is right. the only guy – and and you know at certain times even he kind of struggles because he's not he's not used to being the scorer. Last year, sure. team made the Sweet 16. He scored a ton in the tournament. Before that, it wasn't his job. His job was to play defense. And he he's being asked to do everything on this team. He has to. And and he's point guard and center at the same time. <laughs> and to the he is the Magic Johnson of this team. <laughs> yes. And to the best of his ability, and that's actually pretty considerable ability. He's he's doing a great job. It's just. That's just tough, and I'm not knocking any of the players on NOU aren't. It was just a really tough situation. They scrambled to get players as it was, and they've got guys like you mentioned, Carmichael. I mean, this kid should not be the starting center, and he's a freshman. He's six seven, right? And he's undersized at six seven. I mean, he's thin. I mean, yeah, he he needs to really. This would have been a better red shirt season. Exactly. Nothing against Carmichael. He, he's he's probably a decent prospect, but he's right. As you point out, he's thrown into it because sure. they have nobody else. If he had redshirted and gained a lot of muscle, same mm-hmm. with Tariq Owens, who is the other another big guy they have on the team. If they'd both been able to do that, that program would be better off. But unfortunately, but, but, that's not the case. But next season, how much better will they be for having had this experience? And they'll have had in the offseason, and they will have been able to put on 15, 20 pounds. I mean, doesn't mean for the record now, but next year? It's going to help them quite a bit. I mean, right. These guys are going to be seasoned veterans <laughs> of the SEC at this point. I really like what uh, Tyndall's done. I mean, I like their their defense. I mean, they're constantly pushing to get the ball. I mean, they. I like their style, their brand of basketball. It's just right now they're outmanned, and it's because they're young. Not because they don't have talent, but, I mean, the SEC – and the SEC is not a great basketball conference. We all know that. But but they've improved this year over last year. But still, it's a major conference, and it's pretty tough to go into a major conference with the roster that they've got. It's as simple as that. But, I mean, these guys play their butts off. They try. You never go leave a game thinking, like, man, I wish these guys weren't slackers. They're, they are not that. They give their effort every time, and what more can you ask? Right, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, no, and and you next year they will be seasoned veterans. They they lose Richardson, of course, but you know they've got a couple of guys coming in in the year after that. Hopefully, if once the infractions go away with Tyndall, and hopefully they'll go away smoothly because you know otherwise they're looking for another basketball coach, possibly. But you know, hopefully that goes away smoothly and and he's able to recruit because that's I think that's holding him back. But somebody who's not held back in recruiting and who's used to success, Holly Warlick and the women's uh, Lady Vols basketball program. Um, you know, they started off not not horribly this year, but they started off kind of, uh, you know, not playing as well as people had hoped, and then they've gone on this run. Um, they had a, a tougher time with Arkansas probably yesterday than they should have, but, you know, they've, they've what, nine in a row now that they've won three of those top ten teams? Yeah, the, the shocker was when losing to Chattanooga, but Chattanooga actually is a really good team. 
And they followed that up with a loss to Texas, but Texas is good. But so since then, boom. They're they're really dialed in. I heard a little bit of Holly on a local uh, radio show on the way over to the fabulous broadcast studios of the Happy Hour Network. And she was discussing how right now it seems that they really they get it. For the first time since she's been the coach, they get it. And by getting it, we're talking about the Lady Ball brand of basketball, which is rebounding and defense. They, their efforts have been inconsistent in past seasons. They've played great games. A couple of years ago, they played Baylor just lights out. Absolutely great effort. They lost the game, but they have to put up maximum effort. And you'd see games like that, but you see other games where they just coast through a half. And at, and at times they'd coast through entire games, and it's just it was so frustrating. You know, it had to be frustrating for Holly, because that's not what she expects from the team. It's not what she demands from the team. But this year, after that loss to Chattanooga, and again they lost to Texas, but since then they seem to get it. And yeah, they weren't really dialed in for the Arkansas game, but you're going to have games like that, like we were discussing in pre-production. That hindsight, you, you look back and you think, oh my God, they never played bad, badly. You know, when Pat was the coach because Pat would make them run the bleachers if they didn't. Well, Pat did make them run the bleachers because there were times when they didn't. You know, they weren't undefeated every single year. They had losses. They had games where they played, played poorly, and then they would pay for it afterwards. So, but I think they're finally back in, they're finally back in the groove, and they're playing consistently finally, and they're finally dialed in, and they finally seem to get it. They finally internalized that this is how we have to play. Every game, every minute. You can't take a half off. Right, exactly. I, again, this is the pilot program of uh, the Big Orange Show, and if you're listening, thank you for listening. Also, the same network, Happy Hour Network, has excellent shows. Late Night Parent is on Wednesday nights. Uh, NBA Full Court Press is on Thursday nights. Um, we replay a Yellow Card Podcast, which is an excellent show uh, about soccer, obviously, Yellow Card. Um, you know, it's it's great to be on. Also, Baseball Beer and BBQ, which is now uh, monthly, but will go weekly. Uh, next month. So uh, schematically to you, do you notice much of um, Obviously, Holly was an assistant under Pat Summit for years and years. But do you notice any subtle changes that maybe Holly has done that, that Pat didn't do? Honestly, I, I mean, she does focus on offense perhaps a little more than Pat did because she does she does want to get the scoring up perhaps a little bit more. And I don't know, maybe she allowed a little more freedom and she's real for her players, and because that's kind of what you have to do now, because players want to play, and players want to play. Players want to play. Haters gotta hate. <laughs> but uh, but still, they they finally seem to be buying into it. And basically, it's still the same system. That's why they brought Holly in, because Holly has been there as an assistant since 1907, since she was an All-American, and okay, maybe 1911. But it's. It's the brand. It's how they play. It's how they win championships. It's it's how anybody wins championships. Defense. Right. So I don't think there's been a big that much of a change actually. Well, speaking offensively, at least next year, um, they have offended. for baseball fans out there, Delano DeShields, his daughter Diamond DeShields, who actually started her career at the University of North Carolina, played there for a year in this transfer. She's going to have three years left. Um, she's a she's a point guard, big scorer though. I mean that's. You know, they, they do have three seniors on the team, but this team really the, seems like the strength of the team. The seniors are seniors are good, but really it's a young team, and they should be better even next year. I think I think they will be. I mean, 
typically you lose seniors and yeah, you lose a lot of strength. But but since Holly's been there, it's it's been. It just seems like it stays a young team as far as the core of the, of the talent. Um, Massengill came in as just oh my gosh, you know, best point guard in the country, and she's been not supplanted, but she's been inconsistent and and. <sighs> That they just they get the talent continually coming in to to play for now for Holly, and Holly's definitely made it her team. I mean, it's you know obviously Pat's still here, and fifty years from now, in in a lot of ways, Pat will still be here. Right. But the Holly's name of the court is team. the summit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, let's move on to baseball. Uh, the Vol baseball team actually starts this season, uh, February 13th through the 15th. They ha- they play Miami. It's a tough way to start the season. Um, but they are ranked 33 uh, in the country, according to uh, Perfect Game. So uh, Vanderbilt's actually number one, so they think they're going to repeat. But the Vols, you know, they've had some they've had some really good years. You know, they had Todd Hilton that played. And but you know for the majority of the last decade or so they've kind of suffered but they seem to be bouncing back a little bit under Dave Serrano, um, who has a history of of being a really good coach and he's done he's done pretty well at, at Tennessee he really basically is having to rebuild the program. They do actually according to Perfect Game they have a uh, predicted first team All American Kristen Stewart, um, so so that's exciting. Uh, you know if if anybody lives in the Knoxville area and has not checked out the baseball team it's a it's a fantastic field um, to see a baseball game um, right near Thompson Bowling. Um, you know, it seats what was it like four thousand over there, forty five hundred. Right. It's a it's a great place to see a game. Check out the Vol baseball team. Um, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about them next time, uh, as we do want to keep this show to thirty minutes. But yeah, the season starts February thirteenth through the fifteenth. So you know, in a month from now, when we're talking about them, we'll definitely do a lot more in depth. Uh, look at them, but you know, on the way up, I would say the the Vol baseball team definitely on the way up. Vol's football team, of course, just uh, ended their season on the second of January. Uh, they played uh, Iowa and blew out Iowa in the in the Gator Bowl, which is now the Tax Slayer Bowl. Thank you very much for referring to as the, the Gator, Gator Slayer Bowl, not the Tax Gator Bowl, not the corporate sponsor bowl. It's the Gator Bowl, and always will be. That's right. The Gators, who actually, when you go into a Tax Slayer facility. Alligators who are doing so it's still the same thing. It's they don't really talk a lot, but you know you don't want to make them mad. They're, they're, nobody's going to fight them for your for oh they can be snappy. Gave this guy too much money. So that, that was my alligator. I'm not sure why they sound like that, but anyway, the the team obviously everybody is expecting better things next year and then much better things in two years. Hopefully, um, you know there's it's not out of the realm of possibility if the team. Um, the young guys on the team, Derek Barnett, Jalen Hurd, Joshua Dobbs, uh, continue to progress brick brick by brick is what we should be saying, right? With, uh, um, you know, building the team, basically. The coach you were struggling for the name no, of the no, coach. No, no, no. I, was, I wasn't thinking of the coach's <laughs> name. I was thinking about what to say next because I don't know English too good. Um, but, but no, it's a, it's a, if they continue to progress, especially with the recruits they have coming in uh, next year with, of course, Khalil McKenzie leading the way. He's number one player, um, according to rivals, I believe. You know, it depends on how you look at the rankings. In some rankings, he's he's lower than Shy Tuttle. He's in the 40s. Um, but the team is third, ranked third right now, um, according to rivals. 
or sorry, according to Rivals, they're sixth. According to 24-7, they're third. Um, but they're hanging in there with the recruiting. They hopefully will hold on to Preston Williams, uh, who is a big wide receiver, 6'4", out of Georgia. It's a, a supposedly a soft verbal, but he's been committed for several months. He's a guy they, they need because the wide receivers do a lot of things on that team. They they do a lot of blocking. They do, obviously, catch passes. They, they do uh, jet sweeps. It's a very important position, and it's funny because that was the strength of the team as far as depth of position right. at position to start the season. And then everybody got hurt, basically, except for Pig Howard, um, who who was consistent all season long, had a really good bowl game. Uh, Von Pearson actually uh, was healthy, had a really big bowl game as well. Um, but, you know, with Kyle Phillips' recent uh, commitment, um, and actually 10 of those guys have already enrolled, so they're definitely balls because at this point right. you couldn't get out of it if you wanted to. Um, Joshua Dobbs, quarterback, you know, taking over halfway through the season for Worley. That poor Worley, Justin Worley, he uh, you know started off the season really well, just had no time yeah. getting sacked five, six, eight times uh, in a game. Um, basically, you know, it, it was just too much for anybody uh, for that matter. But when Joshua Dobbs took over at quarterback, you know, as far as a passer at this point, is he better than Worley? Worley was pretty good. This was by far his best season. Dobbs definitely not the passer to this point that Worley could be, but he obviously offers so much more. He's able to, to get away from a lot of uh, you know, sacks. He he was sacked a lot in the Missouri game. Was it six six times, five or six times? I should look that up. Should be more prepared. But, you know, overall, <laughs> that was by far the most he got sacked since right. he took over at quarterback. And just his, his running alone, being able to run the, you know, the zone reads, things like that. Yeah, his strength which is one of his strengths, is his is elusiveness. The fact that he can run better than Worley really, really helped this team because that's one of their weaknesses was the offensive line. And when you have difficulty blocking, it really helps to have a guy who's really mobile. Worley, Worley's mobile. I'm not saying he's a statue, but Dobbs is much more, much quicker, much more elusive than, than Worley. And I'm glad you brought up Justin Worley because that guy is another guy who really as I say, he gave his all for Tennessee that day, and he did it, game in and game out. Just like Jacob Gilm. He got, <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. No kidding. For those of you who don't know, he's he's a an offensive lineman who actually tore his ACL. Um, continued, well, what, he missed, uh, was it oh, he, he missed three or four games? He, he missed three whole games, I believe. Yeah, so. and he, he basically he did tear it. Came back to play without an ACL. Um, played well. Actually, yeah. it helps solidify the, the offensive line, not only getting Dobbs back, but he his leadership. Obviously, when a guy does that, it means so much to the team, let alone yourself, because, hey, if that guy's willing to put out 100%, he has right. no ACL, of course I'm going to. And then yeah. in the bowl game, I don't. did you actually see his hand? It was, his yeah. hand was like a big club because he, he broke his he, hand. He broke his hand. So, and, it was, and it was like, yeah, okay, so I broke my hand. I broke a bone in my hand. Big deal. It was like, yeah, I'm missing the... I'm just looking at my, my my knee. What's a what's a what's a bone in my hand? I'm not gonna miss a bowl game. Are you kidding me? Talk about vol for life. Yeah, that, that guy is. Uh... That's, yeah, terrifically. And Kurt Majet will be back, which is mm-hmm. he, he needs to come back because he does need to come back. He's because, he's still a tweener. I mean, yeah, he's exactly. not ready for the pros. Exactly. And after his senior year, I believe he will be. But that's still that's huge. He could have decided he's like, well, I'm gonna go pro, blah blah blah. But he wants to he wants to see this through. Mm-hmm. is why he's coming back, and that's going to be huge for this team. 
Yeah, and he was against Iowa. He was in the backfield more than more than Derek Barnett. And of course, Barnett's a phenomenal player, true freshman player, who's going to be great. But yeah, Majit coming back. The good thing about Tennessee with Majit is with the guys they have coming in as and true freshmen, obviously. But they're big guys. Their shy Tuttle is three thirty. Khalil McKenzie at this point is six three, three fifty. He's hoping to lose some weight and get down to three ten. But you know, those are big there's big strong guys. Big, strong, fast guys. Right. They're not junior or seniors in the SEC, but they're good enough to actually put in some plays and give some, some people reps and really Majik yeah. could be an outside linebacker and maybe even a better fit. He's, he played end, he played linebacker. So it might make him more productive, and he was extremely productive as it was. As Barnett and he, the tandem were second uh, to to Missouri yeah. in the uh, duo having the most sacks in the SEC, and, and that should continue to to get better. I mean, you might actually see their stats go down because there's other players who are going to step in. Kyle Phillips maybe stra- right. straight off. Um, Andrew Butcher maybe he's a, a new recruit. And some of the other guys that they have just buying into the system, uh, becoming sophomores, that team should be set. Again, it's not hyperbole hyperbole to say that in two years we may be talking about a team that maybe there's a potential for college football playoff performance because the schedule works out a little bit better than it does next year. They're going to be older. It'd be exciting, definitely. That it will. It will definitely be exciting. And they were – they were close to – I mean, they did wind up with a winning season because of the bowl game, but they were very close to have going into that bowl game at 7-5 and five for that matter. Yeah. I mean, it's They could have won nine games this year, absolutely. Could yeah, have beat Georgia. Have, but it would, it would have been very easy for them to have been 8-5 and five this year, a little and possibly even 9, have they, won 9. They should have gone 13, though. Yeah, well. There's no excuse. I know how you are. You're rough. I, I like how uh, Coach Butch Jones, though, today said with the recruits they have coming in, they could still be the youngest team in the NCAA next year. Isn't that crazy? It's, they, they had to replace every starter on the offense and defensive line to start this season. Luckily, they have most of those guys coming back next season, so they should be in much better shape. Uh, team should be – I'm not looking for next year to be that, that completely complete breakthrough team, but – it's setting it up for the following season, I think. But, you know, we have just a couple of minutes left. Oregon and Ohio State. Um, you know, the the thing I like about their stats, average points for Oregon, 46.3. Ohio State's 45.2. Uh, what they have allowed, Oregon, 22.5. Ohio State, 21.2. You can't – it's hard to imagine having a closer comparison between those two teams. Um, I don't like Ohio State. I'm okay with saying that. Not a big Urban Meyer fan. And, and why don't you like Ohio State? Is it strictly Urban Meyer? Or no, no, I've else? never been an Ohio State fan. Well, I, you're I you're a good person. You're a very good person. <laughs> because Ohio State and sister-in-law, I apologize, but Ohio State, terrible. It's a terrible, terrible team. Their mascot is a poison nut. <laughs> Just think about that. A poison nut. What the hell is wrong with that team? Yeah, and Urban Meyer is... Could be the banana slugs. Yeah, I, I will give Urban Meyer credit, though, because his starting quarterback, he lost his starting quarterback, and unlike in years past when he suddenly had health issues and wanted to spend yeah. time with his family, he didn't retire. He sucked it up and actually played with what he had. So good for you, Urban. You actually decided to coach this year. Good boy. <laughs> this should, you know, it could be theoretically. Obviously, it's the first true championship game, but for a one-and-two matchup, or for a matchup that's really deciding 
um, the the title for the season. And then we've had games like that, obviously the BCS for the last uh, 13 years, 14 years. Um, you know, that decided the championship if it wasn't a true championship game. But this, on you know, theoretically on paper, it could be the most exciting game we've seen in a long time. I mean, if both these teams perform to their abilities, we're going to see a lot of points, and it should be a close game. Since the Anglos battled the Saxons. <laughs> so we'll make our predictions. Uh, who do you see winning, and who do you, what is the, going to be uh, the score? I predict it will be the Saxons, and they will win by 17 crossbows. The, uh, I believe the Ducks, which, man, that's a pretty crappy nickname in itself, but, but at least at least it's it's animated. At least Ducks can move. I, and I think they will move a lot. I think uh, Oregon puts up 51. I am being serious. I think they put up 51, and Ohio State puts up 37. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it's, it's a, a great possibility that could be close to the score, and it, there still could be some defense being played just because both teams play so quickly. Um, I want to predict a three to nothing score because <laughs> that uh, 1957 Gator Bowl. Speaking about the Gator Bowl, Tennessee, the Gator Bowl Tennessee beat the uh, Texas A&M Aggies. It was Bear Bryant's last game at A&M, and it was one of the games of the century. And Tennessee won, uh, stopping Texas A&M really late in the game uh, near the goal line. A big hit saved the game for Tennessee, and they beat the Aggies three to nothing. So it was it was. Gave them the national championship, at least on paper. Again, you know, it wasn't a true championship, but it was an exciting game. So I'm not going to say three to nothing, but I, I will agree with you. I will say final score, and I'm sorry, Oregon, if I'm jinxing you because I probably am. Final score is going to be Oregon 42, Ohio State 24. I don't think it's as close as, as it appears. But anyway, thank you for listening to The Big Orange Show. Uh, we hope you tune in every week and catch us on uh, National Gridiron Network, also Happy Hour Network. Again, thanks to CEO Ted for allowing us to, to be on the air. And everyone, go Vols. The University Tennessee Pride of the Southland Band will march from its block formation to the 250-member corridor from the mall dressing room on the east and the mall bench on the west. The volunteers are poised, prancing, primed, and prepared for that matchless, magical moment that ball fans throughout the land emotionally anticipate. With the big orange, great off the gate, water, shield, touch, and field, and what's more, it's football time in Tennessee. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.